Welcome to Horror Struck. What's up, horror babies? Welcome back to Horror Struck, a horror commentary podcast where we look at the genre through the lens of a diehard fan and of a scaredy cat. I am Riley Ott. I am joined by my co-host and best friend, Cecilia Talbert. This week, we took a look at the 1990 film Arachnophobia, directed by Frank Marshall. Spoiler warnings for Arachnophobia! There will be many spoilers. So many. We're gonna spoil the whole movie. Like the whole movie. That's what we do every week. What's new? What's happening? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? What's happening? I feel very strange. I've had a lot of caffeine. Yeah, I can tell. You are at hyperspeed right now. I'm still sleepy but tired. What's happening? That's what happens when you don't get enough sleep and then load up on caffeine. But I did get enough sleep. I got eight hours. All right. Well, maybe you need more. Maybe you got sleep left in your sleep bank and you got to go get them hours in too. I don't know how sleep works. Listen, you just asked me 500 questions. I don't remember what any of them were. What's happening in your life? They just announced today that Universal is doing a The Haunting of Hill House Netflix haunted house. I bought tickets. I bought them already. I did it. Oh, that's exciting. I wish I could go. I wish you could go, too. If I could buy you a plane ticket, I would. Like, I've got a decent chunk of change right now, but I don't have enough for that. I'll be there with you in spirit. I assume I'm not going to allow to have a camera, but I'll I'll tell you step by step what happens. I hate haunted houses. I've never been to one. I mean, you can show me the outside of it. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be fun. I I just have to convince my mom to go because I already bought a ticket for her, but I didn't tell her that but i'm very excited (laughs) when's her birthday be like hey i got you a present it's in january so that's not gonna work here's the thing though she hates haunted houses and she hates flying so i don't think it's anything she would like that's why i was like oh we could go to harry potter world while we're there because she loves harry potter but that's what I've been doing today. I mean, to be fair, I also love Harry Potter. I just hate J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I don't even hate her. I just think she's... I feel sad for her. Yeah, she's like just being an old white lady with money. Like, Joe turned into a Karen, and I I don't like it. She is very much a Karen now. Karen with a J. A Jaren. Other than that, what have I... I read a book that I think you would really like, because it was very Midsommar vibes. It was called The Lost Village by Camilla Stein? Camilla Sten? Something like that. It was very good. It had a a twist I didn't see coming, or half a twist that I didn't see coming, but I, I really liked it. She was the cult leader the whole time. Yep, you got it. No, that's not what happens. I watched The Babysitter on Netflix that came out a couple years ago, which I've talked to you about. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, Babysitter's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. I'm excited to watch the sequel. I I really like the lead actress whose name... I always want to say it's Samira Wiley, but I know that's not her name. That's the woman from Orange is the New Black and um, The Handmaid's Tale. I really like her in that movie. And then we watched American Horror Story in 1984, the first episode, and that was also very fun. It's a lot of fun. What have you been doing lately? Um, good question. I've been reading a lot of books. But I think you already know of all the books that I've been reading. Riley recommended a series called Truly Devious to me, and I'm loving it. I've gotten uh, through the first two books. I haven't started the third one yet because I have a whole bunch of other books (laughs) taken out right now. I read the first Chronicles of Narnia book. That was interesting. Did you read The Vanishing Stair or did it just come off your holds? I did read it, yeah, because it actually, I think only the first one and the newest one um, have holds 
waiting on them because there wasn't any hold on the second one at all. Oh, okay. But I would say the most interesting thing that I've watched, the seventh Friday the 13th movie. Oh, you're getting through them fast. Well, they're very short. They're only an hour and a half. It's actually kind of sad that I haven't finished the series yet. I just haven't had time. But... It is one of the weirdest horror sequels I've ever seen. I don't think it's quite as weird as the second Nightmare on Elm Street, but for whatever reason, they decided, besides the fact that they've gotten to a point now where Jason is kind of just alive by magic, like he got struck by lightning, that's why he's alive. Oh. It's one of those things that they're just trying to think of a reason to have like him zombie-like come back, which I can overlook. Slasher film, he's the villain, but they decided to do something very strange with part seven the main girl in it she is psychic oh like Jean gray like i can move like, things with yeah. my mind like telekinetic can also will things into being that sounds nice just some manifesting going on part six ended with tommy jarvis defeating jason and essentially trapping him in the lake by tying a chain to big rock and then putting the chain around Jason's neck. And so he's essentially just asleep, but then crazy psychic girl uses her powers and wakes him up. Oh, is she a bad lady? (laughs) No, she just doesn't have control of her powers. And she's being taken advantage of by her psychiatrist, who I think is trying to stress her into using her powers, essentially. It does sound very bizarre. It's bananas. I guess spoilers for the end of part seven. Uh, If anybody here really doesn't want spoilers for Friday the 13th. But the movie ends, because the movie starts with the lead girl as a child accidentally killing her father with her powers. And so she's just racked with guilt about this the whole movie. It ends with her using her psychicness to summon the spirit of her father who jumps out of the lake and kills Jason for her. Did he die in the lake? How would he have been there? No idea. It was so confusing because has his body just been in the lake the whole time? But I think it is like his spirit. I don't think it is like his physical body. I think she might have like summoned him from some... It's very strange. What year did this one come out? Uh, It still came out in the 80s. Probably 86 or 87 because I think they kind of released one every year. I mean, I guess by the time you're on the seventh one, you've just got to start being very bizarre if you want people to keep coming back. I'm wondering if this is the turning point for the movies getting really weird because I know next is Jason Takes Manhattan, but I think that mostly takes place on a boat and then they just end up in Manhattan at the end for like the final chase, but I could be wrong. You know, it's a good movie. The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh yeah! But yeah, I think that that's it for my update. Yeah, I think that's it for mine too. I guess I should just go ahead and say happy 50th episode. We did it. Hooray. We did it. What did what did we do? We never stopped. So in a way, that's <laughs> yeah. an accomplishment. Honestly, this is probably the longest running thing that either of us have made. Because like you had that YouTube channel and that didn't last very long. You had another podcast that never got off the ground. Yeah, this is like the longest running project that you and I, I think, together have ever had going on. And we've had such a good time. We've talked to so many fun people. We have more guests, like, scheduled for after this. This has been great. And we conquered one of your fears today, right? (laughs) Kind of. 
necessarily if we conquered my fear, but yeah, I guess that's a good lead into into the movie we've decided to do for our 50th episode. It was something that I had mentioned, I think I mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes that one of the movies that I was interested in watching would be this movie, which is Arachnophobia. At that time, I was pretty sure that movie is what caused my phobia of spiders. And now I'm like 99% sure that this movie is what caused my phobia of spiders. So yes, we are doing the 1990 uh, thrill-omedy Arachnophobia. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we definitely confirmed that this uh, movie is what caused that fear because there were certain scenes where you would jump in and be like, I remember this scene specifically causing this phobia. I understand seeing them. I remember that basement scene a lot. I think, yeah, you said that with the basement one and the shower scene as well. Yeah, the shower scene, I definitely remember. I've never seen this movie before in my life. I thought I was, it was going to be something completely different. But I think that I was thinking of Eight-Legged Freaks with David Arquette uh... is why... I thought they were going to be gigantic spiders. I knew I had seen this movie when I was younger, but I didn't remember much about it. And I honestly went in thinking it was going to be some sort of B movie. Then when we sat down to not only watch it, but you like look at the creative team, you're like, what? Uh, Steven Spielberg produced this? This is an Amblin film? Jeff Daniels is in this? John Goodman is in this? Yeah, the cast was great. The production team was great. I was not expecting such a high quality movie. Like, it's still definitely cheesy. But on purpose. But it's also a comedy. Yeah, it's a horror comedy. And I think they do a great job with both aspects. Yeah, the director... Frank Marshall. He's mostly a producer. He's directed a a handful of things, but he mostly produces movies. And he's produced a lot of not only Steven Spielberg's movies, but a lot of really well-known movies like The Color Purple, Back to the Future. He did The Land Before Time. A whole, there's like a plethora of things. He's actually married to um, Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, really? So who is also a very big Hollywood producer. Wow, power couple there. Frank Marshall calls this movie a thrill-omedy instead of like a horror comedy because it's a thriller and a comedy and he set out to make that. He said essentially that he doesn't understand why people would just want to be afraid. That's no fun to just be scared all the time. And I think they do hit a very good balance with both the comedic aspects of the film but also the scary spidery parts. Every time I see a comedy or thrillomedy, whatever, I automatically want to compare it to Poltergeist because I think that was the like first one we watched for this podcast that was like a horror comedy. I can't just keep comparing everything to that, can I? If you're thinking of it as like a creature feature comedy, you could compare it to Gremlins, which Steven Spielberg also produced. Have you ever seen Slither? No. Did Christopher Landon direct that? Nathan Fillion was in it. It came out in like the like 
2000s. Oh, James Gunn directed it. That's what I'm thinking. It's really funny. Probably get around to watching that at some point. I remember seeing previews for that and it looked very creepy. They definitely advertised it as a straight horror, but it's, I mean, if anyone knows James Gunn, it's definitely like a horror comedy. (laughs) It's very wacky. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I thought it was going to be just a campy B-movie and it's a lot of fun. It's a very well-produced, well-made like creature feature blockbuster. It's it's just a lot of fun. The fact that they use real spiders, I think really works so well for this movie. Um, even as someone who doesn't like spiders. I have a weird and complicated relationship with spiders. I like that when we watched the movie, you saw a tarantula and you went, oh, I'd be fine if it's just tarantulas. The biggest spider you can think of. When Riley and I were in sixth grade, we went to camp. They had an opportunity for anybody who wanted to put their hands like palm down on the carpet. And then they were going to have a tarantula walk across everybody's hands. I essentially decided to like exposure therapy myself and it was really cool and then I realized oh I'm not afraid of tarantulas but I'm still afraid of other spiders but I've gotten a lot better (laughs) since I was young I can deal with most spiders surprise spiders are no fun no nobody likes a surprise spider but I also find spiders as much as they do scare me I also find them to be very interesting and some of them are very cute (laughs) so it's a very complex relationship Have you ever seen a jumping spider? Yeah, I like those. I love jumping spiders. They're so cute. I don't like those because I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. They're going to jump. And I don't like that. I like to be able to like slow crawling spider I can keep an eye on. And there might be different types of jumping spiders, but there is one that people actually recommend you to get if you want a pet spider because they're super social and they're very friendly. And there was a TikToker whose whole whole like TikTok was about their pet jumping spider. And I was like, follow. I love like this oh are you gonna get a pet spider a cute little um i think you should probably not because then you have to deal with like feeding them bugs and stuff oh i took care of one of my friend's lizards once in high school and we had to feed her crickets and it was an awful experience i hated it oh so like when you had to go get crickets you were like that that homeless guy from uh yeah I just stood there, grabbed them with my hands, and then ate them myself and gave the lizard some scraps. What a weird, weird character beat to give that secret flying dragon. Strange choice. Doesn't explain why he was eating crickets with his hands. Do dragons love crickets? Uh, I don't know. Mushu does, but they're friends. Complicated. Well, maybe that's what makes their relationship so, so great because they should be enemies, but they end up being friends. All that sexual tension. Should I eat you? Spiders are cool. They're fine. You like tarantulas. I just cohabitate with a bunch of spiders all the time because I live in a basement, so I don't really care anymore. As long as they stop fucking biting me. I've had to go to the hospital three times because of spider bites. That's nuts. The fact that they do use real spiders works really well for the movie. It just makes it look so real. And everything I saw, the actors always just said, yeah, the spiders were better treated than us. You know the backlash they would have gotten if they would have accidentally killed a bunch of spiders? People love (laughs) spiders, right? They use two different types of spiders for the movie. They have like the little guys who are like the soldiers. And then they have the big one. They got Big Bob. Which is the general. He was a Goliath bird-eating tarantula, which is one of the biggest spiders in the world. God, yeah, if you can eat a bird, you've got to be pretty 
big. They did check with the whole cast to make sure that before they cast them, they were cool with spiders. If you watch the making of, you could just see John Goodman just like playing with the spiders. <laughs> just having a good time. Yeah, I read he was like, I don't give a shit at all. I don't care how big they are. I, I want to be able to see eye to eye with them. I was like, what does that mean, John Goodman? What are you talking about? And Jeff Daniels was also cool with this, with all of the spiders except Big Bob. I guess it took them two weeks to film that end scene. I mean, there was a lot going on, so that's fair. It gets pretty fast paced at the very end. I think we could just jump into it. Let's jump into it. Let's jump. Arachnophobia opens up in Venezuela where there is a team of scientists who are going to this remote part of the Amazon to hopefully find new species of butterflies, bugs, all the good stuff. They have hired, for whatever reason, a sports photographer to come to photograph everything. I don't know why they didn't get a nature photographer. I mean, I know photographers, right? They're very hard to come by. Yeah, there's none. You can't find them anywhere. I'm assuming someone dropped out and this guy was just available. First off, they do introduce the fact that His name is, I had it written down. Jerry. Jerry, yes. Jerry Manley is their photographer. They establish right up front that he is suffering from some sort of sickness. He has a fever, but he's there. He's there to do the job. They all get in a helicopter. They go to the place they have mapped out or whatever. And none of the natives will go any further. They like drop them at the point and they like kind of point like it's over there. So that's a bad sign. Then they have to rappel down, which Jerry is not happy about, but he's a good sport. He does it. This man was just unprepared for everything. Yeah, did they not tell him where they were going or what they were doing? He seemed very out of his element. No, they just hired me to take pictures of something. I don't know. They rappel down into this hole in the ground, proceed to use this kind of like knockout smoke to get all of these butterflies and stuff to rain down from this tree. And they're collecting them in jars. But it's not just butterflies that come down. No, no, no. Some big fucking spiders also come down. Yeah, and we're psyched. We love it. They're very, very excited about them. Jerry tries to take a picture of one, and it was playing dead, so it jumps at him. He swats it off of himself, and then he steps on it and kills it. And that pisses off Bob, who is watching from up in the trees. Apparently tarantulas are very brittle. There's no way they could have fallen from these trees and any of them have survived. I guess if you drop a tarantula from even like two feet in the air, they will die. Oh no. Okay, so I've got some plot holes for this movie now. Then again, this is a whole new species of spider, so who knows. Yeah, I found that really interesting. I had no idea that tarantulas were so um, fragile. No, they look pretty sturdy. Like their legs are pretty brittle too. Which I guess, I mean, makes sense in a way, because they probably use their webs for a lot of things. guess you'd still want, you know, your bones not to shatter if you take a tumble. Yeah, probably not. They're very happy with all the things they've collected. They start to leave, but big old Bob jumps into some of the stuff they're carrying. Bob is planning his revenge. He's a smart-ass spider. You thought that shark in Jaws was smart? Oh my gosh, what's due for a crossover? Oh my god, spider shark. Arachna Jaws. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know which title's better. We'll, we'll workshop that. They're both pretty good. We could have two movies. We could release two of the same movie, make double the money. Nobody will ever notice. Oh my god, it's perfect. They get back to camp. Jerry is like, you know, I still have that fever. I'm gonna go lay down. Probably not the best idea because he goes to lay down. Bob crawls out of their stuff 
and he's like, I'm going to go kill this fucker. And so he climbs under the covers, bites Jerry, who dies within a matter of 15 seconds. He reacts, he has a seizure, and then by the time everyone comes to see if he's doing all right, if he needs anything, uh, he is clearly dead. They just assume, huh, he must have died of jungle fever, something like that. Uh... Is that what jungle fever is? For scientists, they don't seem... Too concerned? Yeah. What's a insect scientist, like an entomologist, I think? Yeah, I think so. I know you guys aren't like medical doctors, but you're men of science. So wouldn't you go, oh, we should probably look into this and see what happened to Jerry. They're like, oh, he was an extra. We didn't really need him. It's fine. He's dead. I would be concerned that like maybe he has something that's contagious. But I guess not. Yeah. They're like, oh, we all feel fine, so I guess it doesn't matter. But this is just the perfect setup to get Big Bob to the States. Because they just kind of write off Jerry's illness as being the thing that killed him. And so they put him in a coffin that they have just built. Big Bob crawls inside. They put the lid on and they take him back to the States. And then by the time they get back to the morgue, the spider has sucked out all of his blood. And he looks like a shriveled... Yeah, he had a nice little uh, road snack. Yeah, big road snack. How many gallons of blood are inside of a person? I guess that kind of tracks for the spider, though, because he would need... Because it's probably going to be a long time to get back, so... Yeah, and that's his only food source now. I think they can survive a decent amount of time without food. I mean, probably. They're not very big. Poor Jerry has been almost, like, mummified by the spider. And then Big Bob crawls out and he goes about his adventures trying to find a place to set up his homestead. He gets a nice ride from an unfortunate raven who thought they were getting a very nice meal. Uh, nope, they're the meal. Made me sad. Big beautiful black bird. How's dead. The camera's fun. They put the camera from the uh, raven's perspective so you see it kind of fly over the town when the spider finally is just like, I want to stop here, kills him. We land right in front of this farmhouse where Jeff Daniels, who plays Dr. Ross Jennings and his family, have just arrived to move into their new home. The Jennings have decided to move to this small town in, I assume, Northern California because they just want to live a smaller, slow-paced kind of life. Ross is a doctor and he's going to become just a regular, like, small-town doctor. His wife, Molly, she was a stockbroker and so I think she's going to just kind of, like, be a housewife. And they have two kids. You know, the more we talk about this, the more I realize this is just the plot of Jaws, but with a spider. Very similar. Man moves to a small town to, yeah, have a quiet life. His one big phobia shows up and he's got to face his fear. Oh, man. Ross is deadly afraid of spiders. He has it really bad. So we not only establish his fear of spiders up front, but we do also establish that he really likes fancy wine, but that will come into play later in the movie. It's just like a funny bit where he has this expensive wine and I think the mover asks like, oh, how much was that wine? He was like a hundred and something dollars. They're like, wow, is it any good? He's like, I don't know, too rich for my blood. So he just has wine, but it's too expensive and he won't drink it. What's the point of having it if you're not going to drink it? It probably tastes like shit anyway. I like his wife a lot. We set her up as the family spider killer from the beginning so we can see that, oh, this guy hates spiders. 
as soon as they go into the house, one of the kids is like, look, a spider. <laughs> and Ross is just immediately like, go get your mother. She'll take care of it. And Molly is really great. She picks it up with the tissue, but doesn't kill it. And she's like, where should we have it go live? Because it's just an ordinary American house spider. So it's not dangerous. That's what she thinks. She really screwed us over, Molly. The kids tell her to take it to the barn. So she takes it to the barn. That works out very well for Big Bob because while the family has been moving in, he has decided to move into the barn area. That house spider, she's sexy. He's got himself a mate. And then the spiders fuck. What a weird twist. Then the spiders fall in love. Not only do the spiders fuck, but later that night, Ross and Molly kind of go back and forth talking about their new house. And then Ross is kind of like, you know what? We should christen the house. She's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, it is tradition. It's a joke because she had said something. Or Oh, she had said earlier that you're not supposed to kill spiders when you first move in because it's bad luck. Something like that. And she's like, it's tradition. And so he says it later. I was just like, come on. You sure you don't want to? And she's like, yeah, you know, why not? Let's fuck. It sounds so good. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. They are a cute couple. I really like the actress who plays the wife. I'm sure I've seen her in something else because she seemed very familiar, but I thought she was fun. I liked her a lot. And Jeff Daniels is always great. Her name is Harley Jane Kozak. Okay, I'll have to look her up. But I don't know what she's been in. Probably just 90s mom stuff. Next day rolls around. The main reason they came to this small town was because Ross was told by the town doctor that the town doctor was retiring so he would give Ross all of his patients. Turns out he had a change of heart and he's like, I'm not going to retire. Why would I retire? And his big point, which I get, is that he says all my friends who have retired have died six months later because they have nothing to live for. Man, is, isn't that America for you? That's putting a lot of pressure on your occupation. And all I want is to not have a job at all. Actually, tomorrow is the last day at my retail job. Fuck you guys. I'm so happy for you. Dude, me too. I don't even care anymore. You should get party poppers. And then when you leave, just party poppers. All over the store. I should just go to the grocery store next door, buy a bunch of eggs, vandalize the store, and then leave. No, I I like the people who work there. No, you have to make deviled eggs. Deviled egg the store. Oh, yes. What was I saying? Sorry, I started thinking about capitalism. First of all, fuck capitalism, but also fuck this doctor guy for screwing over Ross. I agree. But shouldn't they have signed some sort of contract or had some sort of written arrangement so that he could not do this? You think, oh, we're doctors, we're smart, right? Apparently scientists and doctors are all morons. They wanted so bad to get away from the big city that not only do I think that they didn't handle this correctly because they should have had something in writing, but they also didn't have a proper house inspection because they're like floors rotting away. Yeah, the the wine cellar is all screwed up and it's right under the kitchen and he's trying to like nail some stuff and it keeps going directly through the wood and almost like impaling his family members. That's good times. And then the the barn is just disgusting and full of spiders. I don't know how much it was like that before, but... It just seems like they didn't have any inspection done on this house, which is dumb. It seems like whoever lived there just moved or had just like passed away or something. So I don't know how it could have gotten that bad. It just shows you they didn't have a proper inspection before they bought this house. They didn't do enough of anything. Ross leaves the uh, shitty doctor's office and runs into Margaret, who is like the nicest neighbor lady. The one of the uh, the like police officers tries to ticket Ross and Margaret just walks up and tears his ticket in front of him and goes, That's enough Lloyd Parsons. A young doctor comes to Canima 
And you write him a parking ticket? What are you doing, Miss Hollings? The whole town ought to be doing. Your ticket tape parade. <laughs> Thank you. That's littering, Miss Hollings. Mm, Lloyd's been a bully since the fifth grade. I ought to know. I held him back. I love her so much. I do like the, all the, like, small-town charm, and I love that interaction where we first meet Margaret. She was one of my favorite characters. She was so funny. And she's very supportive of Ross, even though she just met him. She's like, well, you need a patient? I'll be your patient. She's a very, very nice lady, and it's pretty sad what happens to her. Nothing happens to her. She's fine. The next day, he sees Margaret. Margaret's like, I'm going to throw a party for you. And so, you know, maybe some people will switch and start going to you instead of Sam. Which would make sense, because Sam is old, so he's not going to be a doctor forever. I kind of get it, too, though, because they seem to live in a very small town. And if that's been your doctor for the past, like, I don't know, 40 years, you're probably not going to want to switch. But it seems like he kind of sucks at his job, because he's, like, diagnosed Margaret with high blood pressure. He's got her on, like, meds that she doesn't need. Yeah, he has her on essentially blood pressure pills that she's just, it's just not necessary. Ross takes her off of them. But it would make more sense for them to just transition all the patients. So do a six month period where Sam is still seeing patients, but... He's introducing them to the new doctor. So not only is it a better transition for him to retire, because he's going to have to retire eventually, and for Ross to take over. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just become, like, partners, but we needed Jeff Daniels to become Dr. Death somehow. Yeah, so we learned that the floor is rotted, and they don't know why. So it's one of those things where, like, of course, they're finally in the place they want to be, but all these things are going wrong. Ross doesn't have any patience, and their house is kind of falling apart. Molly goes into the barn. I can't remember why. And she sees a big fucking spider's web. And she's like, well, that little house spider, he sure got to work. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You don't know how spiders work. Damn city folk. Listen, I understand that, like, you're probably not gonna have a lot of spiders in a bigger city, but I'm sure she's still seen a spider and knows that a little tiny baby house spider cannot do that. Yeah, it's literally the size of, like, half the barn, and she's like, wow, what an industrious guy. Like, Like, wow, beautiful. I should take a picture. But the picture does turn out pretty cool, so. Children have friend now. Bunny! The family's having dinner. It's really funny because the kids are eating really fast because they finally made a friend. So once they're done with dinner, they get to go off with their new friend, Bunny. And the parents are just talking. Ross is eating slow because he's talking to his wife. And the kids keep trying to take his plate away. And he's like, no, I'm not done. They try to take his wine away. And he's like, I'm not done. Daddy's an alcoholic. I gotta get that wine away from him. So the kids run off to hang out with their new friend. Molly decides this is the perfect time to help my husband overcome his fear of spiders. Which is exactly why I think you should force yourself to come with me and look at the web. Look at the web? Yes, and see it for the extraordinary and beautiful thing it is. Therapy, Ross. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. It's not irrational. Well, have you climbed the ladder and get as close to it as possible? I don't know. This seems like a lot. 
Sounds like a big ask. Molly was trying to sacrifice him to the spider. She knew what was going on the whole time. She was like, if I lead my husband up there, I can put him in the web and they'll take care of him for me because now he's unemployed and I don't need him. This is as bad as if... Do you remember when we were in middle school, like my Girl Scout troop went to Six Flags and I brought you with me? Yes. Uh, me, you, Rosalind, and Katie, I think we're all there. And one of the haunted houses was clown themed and clearly we didn't make you go in because we're not assholes. Could you imagine if we were just like, no, it's your time to overcome your fears. <laughs> yeah, I would have stopped talking to you guys the whole rest of the night. I would have been pissed. Yeah, so it doesn't go well. I'm actually pretty impressed for someone who has such a debilitating fear. He does manage to get pretty much all the way up the ladder. His wife makes him. Yeah, he gets up to the last rung and the rung breaks. It hits the spider web at him, which hits a dead rat at him. It's just all around not good for him. He's not having a good, good time. This therapy session did not go as planned. They should have burned that barn down immediately. If the spiders are eating rats. Um, that's a bad sign because house spiders and regular barn spiders do not eat rodents. I think they're trying to pass it off as the Jennings are city folk, so they don't understand how spiders work. As much as I'm like, mm, I don't know, it's, it's something I'm willing to overlook. It's fine. Aren't there a ton of spiders in California, though? I mean, there probably are, but there probably aren't as many in the city. I guess. All right. Yeah, it's fine. Margaret is throwing a party at her house for Ross so that he can get to meet everybody in the town. And lots of local flavor. It's a lot of fun. The only things that I remember are one that Kathy Kinney is in it. And if you've ever seen the Drew Carey show, she's in that and I love her. And also Jerry Manley is from this town, the guy who dies at the beginning. And his mom and dad, I think, are there. And his mom has a breakdown at the party. The mortician and his wife, who is played by Kathy uh, Kinney. They're both really funny. Yeah, I really like them. They have a pretty, like, funny death scene. But at least they die together, so that's sweet, I suppose. They were a very cute couple. I like them a lot. Their scenes are really funny. I just like how nonchalant the mortician, I guess, is that what he would be called? Probably. He's probably also the coroner, because it's such a small town. Yeah, he's, like, just eating chips over the dead body. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, party ends, everyone thinks it went really well, and then Margaret is alone at home, preparing for bed, and when she goes to turn her light off, one of these little spiders, did they show all the little spiders, like, getting out of the barn? Yeah, they must. Is she the first death? I can't remember. They must have. Anyway, um, Big Bob has made it with the house spider, and has made all these little offsprings that are gonna go around the town and terrorize everybody, so Margaret, unfortunately is the first one to be attacked. They call them the soldier spiders. So one of the soldiers drops down on her hand while she's turning the light off, bites her. She is found the next day by Ross. And everyone says, damn it, Ross. The nail scene happens after this. That's funny. This is when they decide it's his fault that she has died because he took her off of the meds that she didn't need. He went to see Margaret for some reason. Like he was bringing her something. I can't, I can't remember exactly. 
finds her body, calls the cops, the sheriff, the local doctor, Sam, and the coroner show up. They essentially say, well, clearly she died of a heart attack. And Ross goes, well, I don't think people who die of heart attacks bite their tongues off, do they? Like, he clearly knows something is wrong. It's not a heart attack, but it's a small town. The doctor has said, well, it's the thing that makes sense. You took her off the meds I gave her. You think you city folk are so much better than me. Blah, 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 blah. They have a funeral. Everybody thinks that unintentionally, but they do think that Ross killed her. And I'm going to guess it's because Sam spread it around town. He was like, she was my patient and he took her off her meds. That's why she died. Which is not going to be great for Ross for business, for getting patients. I mean, he does okay. The football coach offers up all his football team to do physicals at the funeral. So the next day he takes him to like practice so that he can, you know, go touch everybody's junk for a physical. The way they have all the boys like lined up, just I assume, because he has them turning and coughing. So I think he's just feeling all their balls, make sure there's no lumps or anything. I don't know. I don't know how doctors do things. I don't have a penis. Me either, but I've had a physical several times for like school and stuff. And And I feel like it's just like they weigh you, they take your height, and they like... I don't know. Why was he grabbing everybody's balls? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I'm I'm gonna guess just for comedic effect because I've also had a physical for like when I did track and field and it really was just like height, weight. They took your pulse and all that stuff, blood pressure. I guess maybe, yeah, they were just doing like, we'll check for testicular cancer because they're like teenagers now and their balls have dropped. I don't know. Possibly. But it is pretty funny. But at least he's getting work. And then he kills someone else. God damn it, Ross. He stays to watch the like football tryouts like he's sitting I think he's filling out all the paperwork for the boys so he's sitting in the bleachers in the stands and there's another spider there and he crawls into one of the players helmets that player puts the helmet on gets tackled and then when all the boys get up he's not moving so Ross has to go check on him and he has died so that's two people that Ross has touched that have died and after the funeral for this that's so sad for this young football player he goes home and his kids are like everybody's calling you dr death they say everyone you touch dies at this point he doesn't have a great track record we don't know about the spiders yet because the asshole doctor and sheriff too they won't let him ask for like a an autopsy on either of the bodies because they're just being dicks i think they also assume the football player died of a heart attack and he's like he's a young kid how would he have died of a heart attack Listen, one of my friends in the marching band, she was a junior when I was a freshman. She had a heart attack in the middle of band practice. That's crazy. She's fine now. Yeah, it sucked. She was only 17. Jeez. I think there was like a history of heart conditions in her family as well. It's not impossible, but why would you not want to do an autopsy just to make sure? Especially with a kid that young. Who was a sports guy doing a lot of physical stuff. Unless they literally just thought, oh, too many boys tackled him and that caused a heart attack. He had too much gay panic. You know, we've all been there. Sometimes you die from it. It's a real condition. And then we get to meet John Goodman for the first time because Ross and Molly think the reason their floor might be rotting is because they could possibly have termites. So John Goodman, he plays a character named Delbert, who is the local exterminator. And he's so funny in this. Molly takes him down to the wine cellar. John Goodman is just like, yeah, it's not termites. It's just bad wood. And Molly's like, well, how do we fix it? Then why is all the wood rotting? 
I'll tell you why. Bad wood. Well, so what do we do? Tear out bad wood. Put in good wood. Sound advice. John Goodman is hilarious. He's not wrong. God, how expensive do you think that would be? They honestly would have to get a brand new floor, like the foundation looked fucked up. Oh my god, it's like that episode of Gilmore Girls, except they did have termites. Well, here's the thing. John Goodman's character seems very bad at his job, so I'm pretty sure they probably did have termites and he just kind of sucks. The question is, because spiders eat bugs, would they eat termites? Because if that's the case, then they definitely don't have termites. Because they there's a point where they realize they haven't heard any crickets in a couple weeks. And it's because all the spiders have been eating all the bugs in the area. Because they don't have any sort of predator for themselves. So they're just spreading. Okay, so maybe when the spiders are in the basement, they've eaten all the termites as well. And that's why he's like, you don't have termites, there's nothing down here. So the damage could still be termite damage, but the spiders had eaten all the termites. Well, you'd still think you'd be able to recognize damage from them without the actual bugs there, but whatever. I think it's probably just rotted wood. I think this is just a movie about how everyone is bad at their job. Everyone except Ross. Ross is not bad at his job. No one will listen to him. Oh, speaking of John Goodman, did you see one of the like conditions that Spielberg had to do this movie was John Goodman had to get a part in it because he had just directed him in something else and loved him? He's great. It was a good choice. And he loved Spider, so he was an excellent choice for this movie. I do always love seeing him and stuff, and I'm glad he's still around. I actually really like The Connors as much as uh, people don't like it without Roseanne. I think it's a really good show. I watch it with my grandma every Tuesday. Oh, I got my timeline mixed up. So after Margaret dies is when the exterminator comes, and then the football player dies. It doesn't matter. The night after the football player dies, Dr. Sam, the local town doctor, at home with his wife. They're getting ready to go to bed. He is walking on the treadmill, I guess, to get his exercise in for the day. And while he's doing that, guess what appears? <gasps> what? Another spider. What? The spider crawls into his shoe, his like house slipper, because he's going to go take a shower. He puts his house slippers on and is like, ow, and looks down at his foot. And he's like, huh, that's weird. Ah! Then dies. Oh, and dies in front of his nice little wife, who I realize why I like that actress so much. She plays um Happy Gilmore's grandma in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, his grandma. She's so cute. Yeah. R.I.P. So she calls Ross, but by the time Ross gets there, he is dead. He calls the cops. Not going super well. Everybody in this town is dying. Instead of just the local cops, a detective shows up, which is great for Ross because finally someone is actually listening to reason. Ross is essentially just like, we need an autopsy done. This doesn't make any sense for all these deaths happening. He says that on the phone... Sam's wife mentioned that she saw a spider crawl across the floor after he started to have, you know, his seizure. So she thinks it was a spider bite. Because even Sam said, like, ow, something bit me. The detective is willing to believe him, but at the same time is like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I can't think of any spiders that have that deadly of a bite. But, you know, we'll look into it. That's essentially what they do. They do an autopsy on the doctor on his blood work, and the detective calls Ross. And it's just like, well, we're not exactly certain how he died, but there was an unknown substance in his blood. Ross is like, can we exhume all the bodies? And the detective's like, hell yeah. Oh, I like this when Ross is finally standing up for himself with the sheriff. Of course you're not gonna, like, dig up all these dead bodies. He's like, well, if you would've fucking listened to me the first time, we wouldn't have to. Exactly. We're exhuming all the bodies. All my dead friends. 
Ross gets on the phone with the scientist from the beginning of the film, Dr. Atherton. They talk back and forth about spiders, and Dr. Atherton doesn't believe Ross that a spider is involved with all these deaths. So he sends his assistant down to investigate instead of going himself. The assistant shows up in town, and he and Ross go to the morgue to look at the bodies. The assistant is pretty much giving him, giving Ross the same spiel that Dr. Atherton gave him until they find spider bites on every single one of the bodies. And that is when the assistant is like, okay, something's up. The assistant calls the doctor to be like, do we need to put the town on quarantine? I love all this quarantine content. Dr. Otherton is definitely beginning to believe it more, but he's like, you guys need to actually find one of these spiders to prove that before you shut the whole town down. Do the scientist guys know, they know how poisonous the Venezuelan spiders are at this point, right? And that's why they're like, oh no, is it, is it this? They have done very little research with the one they did find that's still alive, that they're not really sure but it looks very suspicious so the assistant's like i'm gonna see if i can find one of these so we can actually know because it's not until they find one and they're able to to actually look at it they're like fuck it has three poison glands why the fuck does it have three poison glands okay i remember yeah they're doing actual like experiments and then they they kill a mouse they go to margaret's house so it's ross the assistant and the sheriff So they go into Margaret's house. There's a bunch of suspense as everybody's looking for the spider. Chris, who is the assistant, finds the spider web outside and was like, this looks fucking suspicious. And that's when he and Ross talk about the fact they haven't heard any crickets in town. The sheriff screams because he is being a bad looker and he just pulled a box of cereal out and started eating, eating the cereal, and then he pulled out a dead spider. Thank God it was dead or else he would be too. This is proof there's a spider. Chris and Ross go into the other room and find a spider that is alive and they work together to capture it. Oh, he's starting to face his fears again. It's a good scene because he's like against the wall and Chris is like, you need to do something to distract him so that I can actually capture him. So they work together. Yeah, it's very tense. They call Atherton. They're like, you need to get the fuck down here. We found the spider. Oh, oh, I did forget a scene. And that's because while they are looking for the spider, another house in town, and that's when we get the shower scene, which is this girl is taking a shower, a spider is there, and it's crawling on top of the shower rod. Then it jumps on her, but she's super wet because of the water. And it's on her face. Oh, I hate it. It's on her face, and then it slides down her, and then she looks down and sees it, and she's like, Mah! I liked it actually a lot. I thought this was fun. Yeah, you had a really good time watching this scene, right? You loved it. No. You don't want a spider on you when you're naked and in the shower. That's when you're the most vulnerable. But she was dumb. You always check before you go in the shower. I always do, because I'm in a basement, and there are sometimes spiders in the shower, and I don't want them to see me naked. I just do it because I'm a crazy person. Well, that's fair, too. Decide to go investigate the spider, and they use the venom on a mouse to see, like, how quickly will the mouse die? How poisonous is it? And it is instantaneous death. So that's not great. No animals were harmed in the making of this film. They didn't actually kill a mouse. 
No, no. Very upset. They're not allowed. When the mouse actor died, very sad. Gilbert shows up. He doesn't believe that there really is some sort of super crazy poisonous spider. He even mentions the Black Widow thing again. That they're the most poisonous, but even then, most people can get treated. And so most people don't die. Like, I think I saw something where they say that on average, only like five people die a year from actual spider bites. That's five too many. I could be a statistic. Oh no. I mean, you could be a statistic for anything. That's not helping. Gilbert says, you know what, if there is an arachnid in here, though, I'm going to find it and I'll fucking kill it. Doesn't he at one point do like an extermination somewhere and he steps on a spider? Did already happen. It was, I don't know where he was, though. I think he was at the house where the girl was taking a shower. I think they called him after. He walks out and sees a spider, tries to spray it with his insecticide. It doesn't work. And then he squashes it with his foot. Yeah. And they're like, do you have the spider? And he's like, yeah, I think it's on the bottom of my shoes still. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that spider, though, that gummy spider, like when he pulls his foot up. Yeah, it was pretty gross. We have the fun scene at the coroner's house where he and his wife are making popcorn. They're going to watch Wheel of Fortune together. They leave the bowl of popcorn down while they're getting drinks. And one of the spiders crawls into the bowl of popcorn. Oh, no. Yeah. And so while they're sitting on the couch eating, you're just waiting for it to happen. But then it cuts away and you're like, oh, does that mean they died? No, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. It cuts back to Dr. Ross's office. Dr. Atherton, Chris, and him when they're looking at the spider. Because Dr. Atherton must have brought stuff with him. Because as they're leaving, he sees the pictures on the wall that Molly has hung up. And one of them is her picture she took of the web in the barn. And he was like, fucking know this web. He's like, where the fuck is this at? And the sheriff's like, oh, that's, you know, the old Daniel's place. Okay, I'm gonna go there on my own. What's the worst that could happen? Why would he do that? I'm trying to remember why they ran to the coroner's house. Oh, I don't know. For whatever reason, they go to the coroner's house. They must need him for some reason. And when they go inside, he and his wife are dead and a spider crawls out from his nose. That was the worst part of the movie, I think. That part was, ooh, the sensation. If he was alive, how would that feel? Ew. At the same time they have gone to get the coroner, Dr. Atherton has made it to Ross's place and he goes to the barn and he's like, oh, okay, this is definitely it. And his idea is that he is going to use his spider knowledge to capture this spider, which isn't a bad idea if this spider isn't like the most ingenious person in this movie. Like this spider is so smart. He like knows exactly what's happening. I really like the way they film these spiders, that it looks like the spider does fully know what's going on and he's like panicking. He's just waiting. I really like it. The spider was its own character. So at the same time that the doctor, uh, Dr. Atherton is in the barn, Jennings, Chris, and Dilbert are talking about where they think the nest might be. The spider would make a nest, and then there wouldn't be any attacks happening wherever the nest is, because I guess spiders will eat other spiders if they come across each other. So the idea is that they don't want any of the little spiders near the nest because they might eat the new spiders being born. They grab a map and they're like, let's figure out where all the attacks have happened. And wherever the middle is, is probably where the nest is. So they circle all the houses and Chris is like, what's this house? And Jennings goes, that's my house. Like we couldn't have guessed. You've seen the giant spider web, dumbass. (laughs) 
I think it's funnier that, like, as an audience member, you you clearly know what's going on and they don't. And you're like, come on! I love dramatic irony. That's what the foundation of horror is built on. Just me yelling, don't do that, at the screen. Suspense is built from the audience member having information that the characters on screen don't. It's the whole bomb under the table thing. It's gonna be a lot more suspense if you know more than the characters on screen. I guess. And then we cut back to Dr. Atherton, who is in the barn. He climbs up into the loft where the web is, and then he just starts thrumming on one of the one of the strands, because he's like, come on. I'm going to pretend to be food so you'll come out and say hello. Pretend? And Big Bob goes, fuck you! And he jumps out and bites him. He said, bitch, you are dinner. Poor, poor Dr. Atherton. At least he died doing what he loved. Fucking spiders up. Touching spiders. Jennings, Chris, and Gilbert get to uh, Ross's house. Gilbert goes to the barn because he's like, I'm going to go look in the barn. Ross and Chris are like, we're going to go in the house and get the Jennings family out. So Gilbert goes to the barn. We're starting to see more of the little, like the little soldier spiders there. He starts spraying them with this almost like acid. So he must have upgraded his insecticide because it's working this time. He finds Atherton's body. Woof. Then Ross and Chris go into the house where Molly and the kids are sitting watching TV and they're trying so hard to like be calm and peaceful, but clearly there's something wrong. Everybody just get up very slowly. It means not of this earth, otherworldly. And walk towards the door. They get surrounded by the little spiders. I love this whole escalation. I think it works really well. I think it's uh, a lot of fun. There's so much suspense. They all run upstairs to the bathroom. They're just being swarmed by spiders. There's so many of them. Honestly, from this scene on, things are just fucking wild for the rest of the movie. High intensity thrill ride. It's great. Yeah, it is done really well. Yeah, everybody gets out of the bathroom window except Jennings, who is trying trying to kind of keep the spiders at bay so everyone can get out. And by the time everyone gets out, the spiders are everywhere so he can't get out anymore. Backtracks out into the hallway as he is like fighting off the spiders, falls backwards off of the railing, and then he hits the floor but goes right through to the bottom to the cellar because the wood is rotted. It's bad wood. Yeah, good thing we established that beforehand or that would have been so silly. Yeah, um... Like, he would have just flat out been dead. It's a good way to not only establish, like, that he's gonna fall through the floor later, but also a good way to, I think, to naturally bring Gilbert into the story. I think it's done pretty well. This whole thing in the basement is high intensity. Um, he fights the queen spider. He like electrocutes her. But it's it's a really good back and forth with Ross and Big Bob. Like there's a moment where he gets the wine rack stuck on top of him and it's really heavy. So he's kind of trapped. He can't move. So he has a crate full of his expensive wines that he refuses to drink and he's just chucking them at the spider. Oh, I love that. The scene reminds me a lot of that scene from Shaun of the Dead where they're in the backyard and they're throwing <laughs> records at the zombies, and so they're going through the records like, oh, no, not not that one. This one? Yeah, yeah, you could throw that one. Oh, it is very funny because he sees the bottle of wine that he was talking about at the beginning, and he's like, oh, not this one. Not the shit, though. I think it's really 
funny that Jeff Daniels really was throwing wine bottles at the real spider. They just had to tell him, like, please try to throw short. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that would have been awful if he accidentally killed it in the middle of this scene. Yeah. He eventually is able to get free. He pours a bunch of wine on, like, the egg sack so that he can, you know, eventually hopefully catch it on fire. I didn't write a lot of notes because it was just so action-packed, him just facing off with this spider. He's essentially made, like, a flamethrower, and he's trying to, like, catch everything on fire, and, like, he and the spider are going back and forth. He eventually falls on the ground, and the spider, like, slowly comes at him and, like, crawls up his leg. Like, it's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And then he just slingshots it. Like, he has a piece of wood across from like a plank and when the spider gets to the plank he pushes the one side and it just shoots him into one of the fires and then the flaming spider comes at him <laughs> so scary so intense can you it's imagine great. oh god it's just so good and i think one of the funniest things i saw about the making of this they interviewed jeff daniels he was talking about the spider they use for um, Big Bob, the Goliath bird-eating tarantula. And yeah, they had a like a specific handler on set for, for that spider because those ones are actually pretty aggressive. If they do bite you, it's like a bee sting. So it's not terrible, but they, they can be pretty aggressive. Because the other spiders they used, the uh, Avondale spiders, will do everything they can to not sting you. Like, that's really their last resort. And all the actors were taught how to properly handle the spiders. But (laughs) Jeff Daniels talked about filming this end scene and about how the handler was like, don't worry, it's safe. Like, he's not going to hurt you. Daniels was joking around because he was like, yeah, this handler is in like these thick leather gloves. And he was like, don't worry if I, th- I think he's like going at you too fast. I'll grab him, but be aware because they do move really fast. Uh, but you'll be fine. Uh, if it looks like he's getting aggressive, I'll pull him off of you. You know, I'm pretty fast too. So he was like, yeah, it turned out okay, but didn't really build my confidence much. No, that would have freaked me out. Like, say less, sir. But he does defeat Big Bob in the end. As everything is on fire, Dilbert shows up and for like the last jump scare in the movie and picks him up and pulls him out of the house because he's taking care of all the other spiders. He's done a good job. He's exterminated all the other spiders. The movie ends with the house on fire and then we cut to the city because <laughs> the Jennings were like, fuck that shit. We're moving back to the city. We can't do country life. And it's a joke. They're joking about it. You know what I'm going to miss most about the country? Why? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. And then there's an earthquake. So, of course, no matter where they go, there's going to be problems. And as they, I assume, run to get the kids to make sure the kids are fine, another earthquake happens and it knocks over the fancy bottle of wine Ross had been saving the whole movie and then finally decided to drink. And the movie ends. Oh, and all his wine spills on the floor. He never got to drink it. I think he had a sip of it, but he didn't really get to drink much of it. Poor unfortunate man. Ain't that just life for you, though? Apparently. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that was Arachnophobia. A very fun ride. I really, really liked this movie. I really thought it was going to be bad campy, but it was like on purpose fun campy. I also really liked this movie. I thought it was really fun. They did a great job. Yeah, I think this definitely falls into the category of if you're looking for something to watch with friends, that's just like a fun ride. Like this is a perfect 
perfect movie for you to pick. It was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we watched it together. It's just fun to scream about spiders. You were the one doing all the screaming. I know. (laughs) I took a recording of myself. So right now I'm going to put the best of Cecilia's reactions to arachnophobia. So enjoy. Look at these losers. He's going to fall off the boat. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh God. God, no, 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 no. Don't like it. There's an avalanche of spiders. Back the fuck off. Oh, God. What? God. Just let him be afraid of spiders. It's fine. Oh, no, no. Oh, God. Close your mouth. Close your mouth. Oh no! He's gonna put a sp- Oh no! Oh my god, he's gonna be known as the death doctor. Everyone he touches dies. Then again, he touched a lot of junk and all those boys are fine, so. Oh my god, what are you doing? Yeah, there's definitely gonna be a spider in there. Ah! Oh my god, how did you not know what happened? Ah! I kinda like this! Ah! Oh, I saw a titty! <gasps> no! No! Oh my god! No! Woo! Woo! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! This is a fucking nightmare! Oh my god! They're coming from behind the doorknob! Ah! No! No! Oh my god! Burn the place down! It's- it's no saving it now! Oh my god! Look how many spiders there are! They all just start coming out! Oh no! Whoa! <laughs> Kill it! Oh my god, this is like when you think the serial killer is dead. Yeah, I loved it. Oh my god, that was great. Is this not one of my favorite movies? Any final notes before we head into ratings? No, I think we talked about it all. all I had throughout, so... You, you want to do ratings? Yeah, let's do ratings. So, general ratings. So, one to five. How did you like this movie? Honestly, I I think I'm going to give it a four out of five. I really liked it. I don't know how much of a, like, rewatch value it has. Like, if I were just to sit down and watch it on my own. But it works really well as a comedy. It's got a lot of good suspense scenes. It was really well made. Like, the movie looks really good. None of the spider stuff ever looks, like, silly or fake or cheap. I think it overall, it's really good. I liked it a lot. I think we're in the same boat. I gave this movie an 8 out of 10, pretty much for the same reasons. It's very well made. I really like the cast. I think the story is fun. Overall, I don't know how well the science shakes out, but it does almost feel like something that could happen where an invasive species is introduced and it like fucks up a small town. That seems very realistic, so I think it works very well. I don't think I would ever re-watch this on my own but i had a great time watching it yeah i think if like a movie night and we don't know what to watch we're like oh we could watch this this was really fun one of the reasons this movie works very well is because if this movie were to be made now i don't think they'd be using real spiders and i think the real spiders are really what make it work they did a really good job they use very simple techniques but they literally just use like lemon pledge to make sure they didn't walk somewhere they used hot and cold temperatures to make them move in directions they wanted 
They did a good job for Big Bob of using both the real spider and the puppet spider. There's a couple really, really funny shots during the big fight scene at the end where they zoom in on the puppet's eyes. <laughs> you like see the fire in its eyes. It's it's just so good. It's it's so much fun. It reminded me of like an old Western where they do just the close up <laughs> on like the yeah. two cowboys' eyes. It's like a standoff. It was really good. And then should we do horror struck ratings? I would like to know yours. I wrote down two numbers at first because I couldn't tell like where I would actually land. I did land on the smaller number. Okay. Because I think there's something, especially with something that you have a phobia of, that you like really jolted right after you watch it, but then it kind of dies down i gave this movie a three okay and i think it is because if they had used cgi spiders this movie would have been a one but since they use real spiders and since they made it seem like maybe not this in particular could happen but something very similar like this could happen like how we had the killer wasps come last year yeah i could see this really happening um so yeah i gave it a three because i don't like spiders and they're just perpetuating my fears all right fair what's yours this is a beautiful historical moment in horror struck history where your number is higher than mine for the first time that's not true my number has been my number has been higher than i don't think that's true yeah because i consider any horror movie at least a one and you don't oh well, I'm not counting that scale. I'm <laughs> counting the scale I've made up in my head. Listen, I gave it a one. A flaming spider Well, you're not attacking afraid of spiders. Me. I'm not afraid of spiders. Yeah. So. But a flaming spider attacking me would be scary. So I gave it <laughs> oh one God, point yes. for that scene. That was it. I had a great time. I thought it was a wild ride. I enjoyed hearing you scream about the spiders. <laughs> but I think I was yeah. fine throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it was a good time. Hey, Riley, you want to play a game? Yeah! Name that phobia! Ooh, okay, I'm gonna be awful at this. You get two guesses. I'm gonna name a phobia, so I'm gonna say the scientific name for the phobia, and then I want you to tell me what the phobia is of. Okay, don't expect too much from me. The first phobia is somniphobia. Somniphobia? Like with an S? Yes. Somniphobia. I want to say it has something to do with sleep because of insomnia. Is it a fear of sleeping or a fear of not sleeping? Oh, no. Yes! Oh, which was right. A fear of sleeping? Yes! You pretty much got it. It's the fear of falling asleep. Okay. Oh, I wonder if that's because they think they're going to die if they fall asleep. Do I have that now? Probably. Am I going to develop a lot of phobias during this game? (laughs) You're like, I have that too. (laughs) Okay, one point Riley. Next phobia. Panphobia. Pan. P A N. P A N. Panphobia. Pan means like all, right? Maybe. But I don't know that that's going to have anything to do with it. Fear of everything. Is it the fear of literally everything? Yes. Very good. Correct. No, it isn't. Correct. Do I have that? It's a condition of fearing everything. Okay. I'm doing pretty good so far. These were easy ones, though. You're doing pretty good. The next one is, hold on, I gotta take a moment to think of how to say this. Ablutophobia. It's A-B-L-U-T-O. Abluto. Abluto? What the fuck did that mean? I could also be saying it wrong, but that's how I'm going to say it. Don Bluth. Phobia. Fear of Don Bluth movies. That's not it. Um, I don't fear triangles. I have no idea. That's the wrong answer. 
wrong answer. This one's hard to get from context clues, but it is the fear of bathing, washing, or cleaning. Oh, okay. I've heard of people who have that, and they don't bathe with, like, water. They use, like, oils, I think. <gasps> like Alphaba. Oh, yeah, like in the Wicked book. Well, that's because it would have killed her. So I guess that's a legitimate fear for her. <laughs> Next phobia. Oh, God. I really should have looked up how to say these. Some of these are so easy to, like, spell out. It's just this one is very difficult. Do you want to look up how to say it? Arachabutyrophobia. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me Google it and Okay, I'm just gonna have Google tell you how it's how it's uh, pronounced. I hope you can hear her. Arachibutrophobia. Oh. Arachibutrophobia. Fear of spiders in your boots. Arachibutrophobia. Does that have anything to do with spiders? No. Oh. Um. I don't know what any of those other words in the middle of that are, so I have no idea. What? No. It is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh. Okay, they should have called that something different. I like it because it's like you can't say it if you have peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. Maybe you can only say it if there's peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. Nomophobia. N-O-M-O. Nomophobia. Nomophobia? Nomophobia. I feel like in our current culture, most people... Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. I've heard of this. It's, um... Yeah, it's a fear of no cell phone, like no mobile phone. Fear of being without your mobile phone, and that's fair. Okay, see, that one is appropriately named, where if I think about it for a second, I get it. Yeah, fear of missing out, or fear of no cell phone, or, okay. Next phobia, heliophobia. Heliophobia. Helio means something, but I... I don't remember what it means. When you hear what it is, you're going to kick yourself. I know I know what this means. I just can't think of it right now. Heelys. Fear of roller skates. Fear of your shoes turning into roller skates. No, 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 no. Fear of the sun. Oh, yeah, I should have known that. That's all right. I figured it just probably slipped your mind. Isn't that like the Latin word for sun or something? Yeah, I think I think so. I like my answer better. Oh god, this is gonna be another one. You gotta have Google say it. No, I can say it. I just it's it's a very long word. Hippopotamonstros. It's the fear of long words. I know this one. Everyone knows this one. Quiptalophobia. Yes. Yep, you're right. I didn't say that correct at all, but yes. Yeah, everyone knows that one. They're such assholes for naming it that. They're funny. It is pretty funny. Have you seen it written out? Yeah, it's long. It's fucking insane. Isn't it like one of the longest English words? It's gotta be. It has to be. And last but not least, phobophobia. Phobo? Like with a B? Yeah, phobophobia. 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 Wait, Hold on, what? Is it, is it a phobia of having phobias? Phobophobia? Yes, very good. Correct. That's unfortunate. You did pretty good. I did do surprisingly well, because I didn't think I was going to know any of those. You knew most of them. The ones that are like self-explanatory, because if I can pick apart a word. Hope you had a good time, knowing all your phobias. What do I win? You win, you win phobophobia. Yeah, okay, my prize. I might already have that. Afraid of your fear. Afraid of fear itself. Dude, Lupin would be so proud of you. Aw, I hope so. 
So next week, we're doing something a little different. We're doing a compare and contrast episode. Uh, We just want to do something kind of light and fluffy. And so we decided we're going to take IMDb's best rated episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and compare it to the IMDb best rated episode of Goosebumps. Very excited. Are You Afraid of the Dark was the dream girl. And the Goosebumps one is the mask. The one that I was terrified most as, as a child. Just of the cover. I've never seen it, but my dad bought the VHS and it scared the shit out of me. I've never seen either episode, actually, so I'm really excited to watch these. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I I really like Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't think it's necessarily anything that is just nostalgic. Like, I only like it because of nostalgia purposes. I think there are some really, really good episodes, um, even if they are very 90s. I agree. I was afraid of just the theme song. So I never watched it when it came on for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. The intro for Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think, is almost scarier than almost any of its episodes. I agree. I just started watching the episodes recently. Like, I know you and I and our roommates would watch them when we lived together. And I also have watched a few episodes uh, with my friend Jen and her kids. And they're genuinely really good stories. You watched Goosebumps with us because that was something else we watched when we were in camp. I've seen a couple of them, but not a lot. I don't remember those as well as I do Are You Afraid of the Dark? Dude, there is an episode of Goosebumps where this kid essentially erases his sister from the timeline. He causes her to never be born. And that's how the episode ends. And he is happy. Oh my god. Do you find that for the most part, Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes end on a high note. There are a couple exceptions, but Goosebumps definitely has moments where it's it's okay with ending kind of like, oh shit. Yeah, I can only think of one Are You Afraid of the Dark episode like that. All right, horror fans, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Horrorstruck. If you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to Twitter and Instagram where we are at Pod. Or you can check us out on Facebook at Horrorstruck Podcast. If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own Horrorstruck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, stay spooky. Bye! Bye.